Not afraid to tell it like it is. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon till 3 on AM 900 CHML. Alex Pearson joining us, of course, covering the Tim Bosma murder trial. Initially supposed to be starting on Wednesday, but it's been bumped up to Tuesday, and we will start with closing arguments uh, tomorrow. Alex is with us now. Hi, Alex. How are you doing today? Hello, sir. Fine, thank you. So why are we moving a day earlier with this? I thought this wasn't supposed to start till Wednesday. Yeah, I know. This is the uh, schedule that kind of is, uh, well, it moves around a little bit, so we kind of just stay on top of it. But they decided to sit to Tuesday because I think there was some concern that maybe uh, one of the lawyers would not finish up in time. So it was better to have Friday as a buffer in case uh, one of the teams goes a little bit longer, then they can kind of fall back to the Friday and fill the Friday if need be because the judge really wants to get the uh, charge started and finished and then get this jury out. So are they planning to do that by the weekend? No. Well, we will definitely have the closing arguments finished by the weekend, Mm -hmm. and the plan is then to get that charge read and get this jury out. So it's very possible that we could have the jury out by, I would say, the week of the 7th. Probably, I'm going to guess the 8th that jury will be out. Okay, so what happens during closing arguments? What's the objective here? What is each side trying to do? Well, they'll go through each and every bit of the case and wrap it up in a kind of neat and tidy bow, so to speak. So they'll uh, highlight what they want to highlight. They'll put out there what they want the jury to be left with. It's just kind of a story, uh, albeit a very long, long story, um, that they'll put into proper context what they uh, want to be, I guess, the lasting impression with the jury. Of course, the Crown gets to go last. Um, and and there's no question, I think, uh, not that they get an advantage, but certainly it'll give an, um, an opportunity to once again bring this case back around to who it isn't about and isn't about. It, it comes back to Tim Bosman. A lot of people will say, but it, it's not about Tim Bosman. No, they're right. This is about the rights and the uh, protection of of Della Millard and Mark Smith, who are accused. But at the very end of the day, this is the Tim Bosma case. So a lot of people will, of course, be uh, brought back to reality with, with what we're really deciding on. Uh, people are already starting to call in. We didn't even ask for anybody. <laughs> but if you want to, by all means, go ahead. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell. And Alex will try to answer a question if she can uh, in regard to what uh, happens yeah. tomorrow. So who goes first tomorrow? Do we know? Yep, the Millard team goes first, same as it is on the docket. Right. And then we move to uh, the Smitch team, and then after the Smitch team goes the Crown. So it's 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 just the way it, it goes. Now, do you think that it'll be, uh, for example, if it starts tomorrow, Tuesday, Tuesday will be all Millard's lawyer, and then it will end that way, or we will we get into Smitch's if there is time? No, they will finish. Hopefully the Millard team will finish. Uh, on Tuesday. I don't think they will. They'll probably go a little bit long. And then on Wednesday, we will get into the snitch side of things. And I think by Thursday, the the Crown has proved itself to be pretty uh, methodical and very kind of, uh, very precise. And they'll finish up Thursday. But if it's needed, we can get into uh, the Friday. But it most likely uh, these lawyers will be on uh, giving their closing argument for the entire day. Yes, yes. Each each one will take. They normally take about, oof, I don't know, four hours. Right. You know, this is a little bit long, but it is a four-month trial. So there mm-hmm. is still a lot to go through. 
So uh, when you're listening to a closing argument, uh, is, is the debate over? Is that it? Like, for example, Millard's lawyer goes yeah. first. Will Smitch have an advantage by hearing what Millard's lawyer is going to say no. first, or will he just say whatever he's going to say? He won't react to it. They may tweak their arguments, but no. By now, they are. Uh, they they have written these things. These are weeks in the ma- in the making. So mm-hmm. there's no question. Um, you know, they, they've put in weeks and weeks to writing these things. So no, there's not rewriting them. They would have. They each all they have more than one lawyer per team, and they will work together in crafting these arguments. And so uh, it's very very methodical in how they present themselves. And so, uh, with with uh, uh, Millard Slory going first, then Smitch, then Crown goes last. Uh, no room for debate. No room for no. objections. It's just the the lawyer or the Crown saying their case, and then that's it. It's over. It's off to the judge at that point. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Can you take a call here, Alex? Sure. Yeah. All right. Jennifer's on the line. Jennifer, you're on with Alex Pearson. What's your question? Hi, Alex. Hey there. So I have a question. Once the jury is out to start their deliberations, do they have a time frame per day? Like, they, like for instance, like 9 to 5, and then they call it a night? And could, could a verdict come in if they don't have a time limit, like, late at night, and then everyone's called back, like maybe 11 o'clock or something like that? Or would it be a during the day? How, do, how does the schedule you know? work, Alex? We don't see it. The judge to use his uh, discretion. So, generally speaking, it goes from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. But uh, the judge could say, "You can." I mean, he'll leave it up to the jury. He'll say, "You guys can sit for uh, until six, and then have your dinner and call it a night, or you can sit, um, you know, all day if you want, as long as they feel like they're making progress. You can really essentially sit." As long as they want, but generally speaking, they will likely uh, go from I would think nine to seven um, in a day, and then of course they'll have breaks in there. They'll have dinner, and even if they do come to a conclusion, what we find most with juries is that they'll take the extra sleep just to really? and think about it and make hmm. sure that they wake up with the same um, thought process in the morning. And so, uh, you know, and like I said, they can go for an hour. They could go for 10 days. They could go for two days. Um, I'll tell you my guess once they're gone. So, uh, so it's not uncommon though, if they're saying sitting, uh, till seven o'clock at night, if they figure something out at six o'clock, they'll say, you know yep. what, we'll just leave this and take it over the next day. Yep, or they'll call that judge and say, we've come to the decision, and 8 o'clock, your phone will ring, and everyone will have their pagers and everything going. So there's, like, there's no question, like, once that jury goes out, we will be strapped down to cell phones and waiting for that uh, call to come. Sometimes you get a call saying the jury has a question. We all rush back for that. And uh, generally speaking, you can get a very, very good idea, um, depending on the question, where the jury is going. Uh, but in, in a case like this, because there's two accused, it would not be surprising to me if they came back with a couple of questions. And that is really um, to, to ask, you know, the technical information of how they come to certain degrees. Now, as I went over with Bill, I don't know if I went over the decision tree with you. Did we talk about that? No. So the decision tree was 
essentially made, I, I'm pretty sure it was by uh, Justice Nordheimer out of Toronto, who came up with this uh, clever way of kind of writing out how you come to your decision. And it's like in the form of a tree branch where you start at A, mm-hmm. and if you've answered question A, then you move to question B. And if you've answered question B, it goes on to C or D. And so it goes through this process. It really helps the jury to come to their decision as to, and it's just kind of like a... Yeah question and answer that they get to themselves until they get to the conclusion. Now, I guess Jennifer's question was, so is there is there a chance that, that this, we could end up being called back after hours? Or would it wait till the next day? If the jury is very close to a decision, uh, and they really want to kind of just get it done, yeah, yeah. they can come back essentially whenever they want. But it, but generally speaking, in, in most cases that I've ever covered, they go till about 7 o'clock at night or 9 o'clock at night um, and then call it a day. If they really feel like they're very, very close, sometimes they'll come back and say, we just want to get this done. Yeah. All right. Is there a chance for a mistrial, though? Like, do we do that in Canada? Sorry, can you repeat that question? Chance of a mistrial, Alex. You mean a hung jury? Um, they could come back hung. Yeah, there's no question. Um, it, 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 it's one. It only takes one in Canada to kind of uh, tie things up. So if one person is adamant about a certain outcome, they can absolutely come back hung. Not just on both of them, but on one of them. So they might come back to a, one conclusion for for client A, and then a totally different finding for client B that they just cannot move on. Now the judge will help them. The judge will try to move it along and say, you know, go back and try a little bit harder and mm-hmm. nudge them along, especially in a case like this. But if they absolutely cannot come back with anything, uh, yeah, there's no question they can they can come back like that. All right. Okay, thank you, Jennifer. Thank you. All right. Uh, Tad is on the line. Tad, go ahead. What's your question for Alex? Did, or did you say Pat? Oh, yes. Yes. Alex? Hi. Hi. I just wanted to tell you that you are absolutely brilliant as a reporter. Thank you. I listen. I listen to the. Uh, I listen in the morning um, when you're on, and I make sure that I listen. You know, at one o'clock when you're on, and I. Uh, you are. What I see on TV or you know the news and uh, whoever, what you read, you are just. Absolutely brilliant, and I just want you to know that. And, oh, thank and you. you, thank you. And, and, and you know, this is not my mother, me. by the way, calling. But thank <laughs> yeah. you. <so> <laughs> yes, thank you very much, Mrs. Pearson. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What's your question? Oh, no question. Oh, that's but, it. Oh, gee, that's no just compliments. I just wanted uh, Alex to know how how um, brilliant I think she is, and how well informed I am because of of her reporting. Okay. All right. Yes. Well, thank you very much. Much great. appreciated, Pat. Sadly, uh, this experience comes out of a lot of tragedy for a lot of other people. You know, and, and Scott, you almost feel like you really want to do a good job to help the families along, you know? Plus, and you know, I, I certainly understand what these people are saying, and we all feel that here, uh, but it, it does feel awkward when, like you said, there is such uh, tragedy in this case. It's Yeah. No, there is, and there's no question, but we all get very close. You always get close to the people that you're covering. And it's just, uh, you kind of take a step back from it and say, you know, if this were my loved ones, here's how I would want their story told, you know. So, uh, do you feel uh, with the jury that that it'll be different this time going in in the sense that there's more tension, there's more, because now it's, you know, we've been involved with this since February, now it's it's go time, now it's crunch time. Can you feel the pressure elevate in the courtroom once this gets handed off to a jury? Yeah, it's really uh, quite amazing. If if you've ever been in a courtroom when a verdict comes down, 
Uh, it is quite something. It is like, I can't even actually explain the feeling of just what happens. It's like um, this combustion of stress mm. and emotion and excitement and uh, adrenaline. But when it comes to a case like this, which is four months, and you know that everybody's watching it, and you know that the community has been hit so hard in Hamilton and in um, you know surrounding areas of Ancaster, certainly everyone is hoping for some kind of justice. So uh, I will say that this one will be probably, I mean, this is up there with, with Tory Stafford and these yeah. high-profile cases where you really know that there's a lot riding on it. But it is, uh, yeah, for the Bosmas, they have invested their life in, into that courtroom just to sit uh, and be there for Tim. Uh, and, and they know he's never coming back. They know he's never coming back. But now it's all about justice uh, for him. And uh, so, yeah, there's a lot riding on it, for sure. I've said this repeatedly. Anything less than first degree would be considered a loss uh, for the Crown. I mean, they've just put the best case forward, I think, that could have done. Um, so there's a lot riding on it, for sure. Talk a little bit about how anticlimactic this is for the victims' families. I mean, they've been, you know, they've been wanting justice. They've been wanting to find the truth. They've been wanting to hear the story. They finally do. It's finally over, whatever way the chips fall. But like you said, at the end of the day, it does not change reality for these people. How do they cope that week or so after all of this comes down? And, and it's like everybody exhales. Yeah, I mean, look, the the spotlight has been on them. They've done a really good job of staying away from the spotlight. Um, You know, they have not done any press. Um, And I don't don't know if they ever will. Um, They've got a family spokesperson that they have. For them, you know, they've... uh, Everything is riding on this. Um, and, and after the cameras go away, and after the attention and the headlines go away, uh, they'll be left um, to pick up the pieces of their life. Mm-hmm. And although they, I think, have done a really formidable job of doing that, you know, Charlene has put her life into helping other victims of violent crime, and certainly they give back to the community. They're doing golf tournaments. So if you really want to help out the Bosma family and you want to stand with them, I, I'd urge you to go and, and see how you can help with their fundraising to help other victims of violent crime. But for them, and, and I hear this from a lot of victims of violent crime, it's once the cameras go away and it gets quiet that they're left to deal with their grief. Mm-hmm. And as long as the media is around or people are talking about them, it's almost like their loved one is kept alive. But I, I remember speaking to a mom who lost two children. There was three children in total, uh, a, a friend and the two kids. They had been playing hide-and-go-seek up in uh, Barrie, Ontario, in a tickle trunk, and they were playing hide-and-go-seek, and they got locked oh. in. And they suffocated. Oh. I spent a lot of time with the family. This is 19 years ago. And she, I went to visit her after, uh, a couple of months later, and she said, you know, it wasn't until you guys left that my children died yeah. because no one was there to tell their story. No one was there to write about them and keep them alive for me, and, and that's when the reality really hit. So I, I'm sure for the Bosnians it will bring another level of grief and another level. I mean, you know when you lose someone, it never really goes away. Mm. Just think of, of a loved one taken in this kind of manner that's so public. I just, for them, I hope it gives them a sense of peace, uh, some kind of closure that they can go on with their lives, because it's very, very difficult for people like this. Uh, it will be interesting to see how 
people move on because even as the people who have called into this show have said, you know, and you know, you've been a part of this show every single day since yeah. February. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this has become, you know, and again, people will stop me and say they listen to this, they and they're following the case quite mm-hmm. closely. How does how does everyone else move on from this? You know, and I, and, and, I, and I don't mean to sound like a bleeding heart. Look at us, poor us. I mean, we're not going through anything compared to what this poor family has gone through. Mm-hmm. But it also leaves a void for those that are following it, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. There are a lot of people that say, you know, gee, I want to stand with them. I want to help. I, you know, what happens now? I mean, I'll be able to get into some other things after the fact. Um, but until we can talk about other things after the fact, um, I would urge people, if, if they still want to, to keep in touch, like I said, help, help the Bosnians yeah. um, and giving. Uh, they do a lot of community work uh, for other people, and that's how they've chosen to remember Tim. That's how they've chosen to pick up the pieces. And I think that would be a great community uh, effort. You know, they have a big golf tournament they're putting together for, um, in, in the fall. And uh, I hope that uh, at least some of the attention can be driven that way so that people can say, hey, you know what, I, I didn't just talk the talk, but I, here I am walking the walk, yeah. either in a play or going to donate a table or donate something, just to, to let them know that, you know, that, that his legacy will live on. Um, it's difficult, I know. This has been such an enormous part of the uh, conversation for so, so long. It's like, what next? You know. Well said. Alex Pearson's been with us covering the Tim Bosman murder trial. Of course, tomorrow, closing arguments will begin. Alex, thanks for the time as always. Much appreciated. You betcha.